Hello everyone, welcome to Vodka O'Clock. It's Amber Love from AmberUnmapped.com and joining me today is a returning guest. I'm just going to promote him to like, you know, occasional co-host at this point. Aww. Josh Neff is here. Hello. Yay! Yay! And don't forget that, um, guys, when you uh, enjoy a show like this or the website at AmberUnmasked.com, you can sponsor everything through Patreon. Go to Patreon.com slash AmberUnmasked. And so I had to have Josh back. There are reasons because we have so much to talk about. Yes. Just, and it's strange because it's not like usually we talk about work stuff. You know, we talk about writing. Right. And, um, and politics. You know, when you work and politics, and you work in a library, and so all of this stuff sort of, like, meshes together. And, you know, so one of the reasons that you're, you're being here, you're promoted. I wish I had, like, a gold star or something. Um, so is, is because, like, we also have, like, personal stuff that we're okay talking about. And that's one of the reasons that I like podcasts where people share, you know, right. and why I like audiobooks that are about memoirs, because I feel like a person is sharing their life. So we're going to get into that kind of stuff that we have like in common and what's different. And, you know, so we're talking about our anxiety and our depression. And these are all things we've talked about before, but it's always a new day. Yes. And there's always stuff to talk about. So, um, and I don't think we've talked about that stuff really in depth. Probably I mean, not. Privately we have, but not in past podcasts. Right. Yeah, I mean, we touched upon it. We definitely touched upon it. And it's one of those things where it's kind of like a recurring theme for me this year because I I, I know so many people who have different um, issues and illnesses and levels of, of things that they deal with that, that this year I've just tried to get more people to feel comfortable talking. So um, like last week's show with my friend Gareth, we talk about the anxiety that he has going to, you know, big crowded conventions and stuff. So um, everybody's got like their own particular brand right. of stuff and, and we're going to get into it. And one of the, you know, like, you know, one of the things, areas of life, if you will, is like, um, you know, we talk about gender and sexuality and you, you and I talk about that so easily that, you know, like, I'm, I'm Polly and everybody's got their own brand of Polly. Um, so listen to Polly weekly guys, because that's where I usually get my Polly advice and relationship advice. You don't even have to be Polly. They have like such good relationship advice on that. Honestly, like some Polly blogs and yeah, podcasts and stuff. That's where I've gotten the best relationship, both relationship advice and advice on how to just be alone that I've and it doesn't even have to do with being poly. It just has to do with like being honest and open about what you need and what you can give in relationships, both, you know, romantic, physical, um, friendships, whatever. So yeah, totally. Yeah, it's absolutely true because the, the communication lessons at, um, like uh, on poly weekly, for example, they, it's uh, hosted by cunning minx and lusty guy. And when they give communication advice, I've applied that to the workplace. Right. I'm like, you know, it's one of those things where it's not like anybody's going to say like, oh, because it's about romantic stuff or sex stuff that it's only going to be about that. It's like, no, it's about talking and treating people like human beings. (laughs) 
Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so these are cool things that we can talk about. And I know that you've, um, you've been going through, you know, milestones in life. I have, um, a, by the way, like a new, I can't say like, I want to, I want to be really like egotistical and say, I have a new book coming out, but it's an anthology. So it's not like it's my book. But um, but I love to be able to say that I have a new book coming, right. coming out. So I have a milestone as well. So uh, so the so the new book is uh, it's a big anthology. I think there's 55 short stories wow. in it. And I know and the people involved are amazing. Like I have no business being in this book. I feel like such an imposter. <laughs> um, but it's, it's called Protectors to Heroes. The name of this, this volume is Heroes. Um, it's the second volume of short stories collected to benefit the Protect organization, which um, is for child advocacy um, to stop child uh, sex crimes and trafficking and stuff like that. So Protect is an amazing organization. And Thomas Pluck, who's um, been on the show, has uh, we've become great friends, and he edited this whole thing. And what an undertaking it is for him to put these anthologies out because to go through all these stories and try to herd all the cats, right. you know, because every writers are writers are weird in their own ways, but you know they're they're unique too. Like I am like super firm with deadlines. Like I I get panicked if I'm like it has to be in like 24 hours before a deadline like you know <laughs> and other people are just like whatever they have like real books coming out and real editors and, and well I shouldn't say real editors but um like pu big publishing houses to answer to right. and I'm like I am just so eager to do anything yes here's my story <laughs> um, and I just imagine that putting together an anthology has to be even like monumentally more difficult than just writing a book and for exactly yeah. the reasons that you say like having to herd all these having to herd cats i mean tom, tom is really like he deserves many awards for the work that he does for protect um and he, and and on the side from that like he puts out his own books right so it's you know it, he's i don't know i don't know where the stamina comes from i really don't I think he eats a lot of um, meat, so I'm going to say since I'm a vegetarian, maybe that's the secret. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, so Protectors 2 is coming out. Superhero Weekend is very soon. Um, Josh, I wish you could be there. You would, you would love nerding out with us. Um, yeah. It's another charity thing that we do. Um, this is our two-day event at Comic Fusion in Flemington, New Jersey. All the nerds come out. We have we have so many cosplayers that show up, and then we have comic book creators that are there to talk about their work, um, and it's all for charity. So this year we're helping foster families, a foster family advocacy group called Casa Shaw. So it covers three counties. And if you know anything about the foster system, um, the advocates are really essential mm -hmm. because the state is only going to do so much right. as far as like sending people for home visits and, um, well, and that kind of, there's only so much they can do. Right. Um, I mean, especially if you have a jerky governor who cuts funding to important social services, like I think you and I both do. We sure do. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's so there's, there's, they're so limited to what, you know, they can accomplish. It's, I can, it, it's gotta be so frustrating for them. So, yeah. Yeah. 
It's your government. Is that that's brown brownback? Is that right? <sighs> yes. Well, actually, I shouldn't say because technically now I live in Missouri, so my governor is okay. Democrat Jay Nixon, um, who is in general a good guy, although he really didn't handle Ferguson well at all. Um, but I still work in Kansas and as, you know, at the county level. And so um, I still, there's a lot that I have to deal with from Sam Brownback, who has slashed so much of um, the budget of Kansas. I mean, Kansas is, I think, one of the most, is this the word, failingest um, states in the union <laughs> right now because yeah. of the Koch brothers Brownback. Um, program and it's to say it's a failure is an understatement um, and we have Governor Christie over here who yes. pretty much um, hates education hates it you know wants to keep people dumb um, loves the rich right and gives gives places like Exxon big huge ridiculous breaks when they should have paid the state billions of dollars they get away with paying like eight million right and then sadly the only thing that people actually criticize him about is his weight i know like really like there are other things to talk about like fat shaming has nothing to do with why <laughs> with why Christie sam brabeck thin as a rail and he's you know at least as bad as christy so you know yeah. let's let's actually address the horrible stuff he does not what he looks like. Yes. So that's why charity events are a really big deal. Like even things like, you know, helping fund libraries, like a library had wanted me to come speak and ask me what my speaking fee was. I'm like, you're a library. Are you kidding me? Like, I don't want to charge you anything. I want to give you money if I had it. Right. <laughs> you know? And they're like, no, no, we can do it. I'm like, oh, it's just, I love, I don't, I don't want to see libraries closed and I want people to be there. And they, they, prefer, it's such a different, different world than obviously libraries when we were growing up because now they're basically media centers mm -hmm. and it's completely different. I mean, it's not just some dusty old room filled with books anymore. Right. Uh, and, you know, so I can imagine that, you know, like your day to day life as a librarian is probably nothing like, you know, what it was like. What it, what it was like. Right. Yeah. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, so Superhero Weekend, um, there's information on my site, amberonmass.com. And we have a big art auction of comic book art. And we do raffles. The raffles are in the store only. So we get some really awesome prizes there. And we try to bring people in, obviously, to the store. And um, it's October 3rd and 4th. So I... You know, every year we pray for good weather because it's hurricane season. Um, and it's Jersey, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but we've had some really great weather before on past weekends. And we've, we've only gotten, like, iced and snowed out one year. Um, but it's... Uh, it's so much fun and it's really low key and chill. Like that's what, that's my thing. When I invite the cosplayers and photographers, I'm like guys don't, you know, if you have whatever, if there's a piece of your outfit missing, cause you didn't finish it yet. Cause New York comic con's next, the next weekend, whatever, you know, but there, you know, some people are like, Oh, but if there's going to be the chance to have their picture taken, they want everything perfect. Right. And I'm, and I'm just like, whatever. I don't even feel like wearing my wig today. <laughs> um, 
I've, I, you know, it's one of those things I was saying recently that I've learned to care less. Mm -hmm. Like it's a charity event. I'm, you know, the hardest part is we do this and there's usually some like kids around. So the only time I ever get involved in being in in character of everything is, you know, when there's, when there's kids. So they particularly love Batman and Batgirl. So when we've had the privilege of people coming as Batman and Batgirl, they they just go crazy. They love it. Um, our little ones, because um, our we've had kids. We we like to take their pictures when it's like baby's first trip to the comic shop. So there have been you know kids that are growing up with us, and I get to see them at this event every single year. And they you know they pick out their own costumes and they you know their parents put these outfits together for them and stuff. And it's so freaking adorable. I love it. Awesome. But I've rambled long enough, so <laughs> I want to I hear you talk. I okay. Hear you talk about, I want to hear you talk about these milestones that you've been going through. Like, okay, so I have a book coming out. You had to drop your daughter off at college. Yes. I can't even imagine because to me it's freaky to me that people our age have kids in college. It, it's, I, <laughs> I feel so old. It, I know. And I, a friend of mine, one of my good friends just posted a picture of her daughter who turned 14 and was like, how did this happen? And I just want to say, um, yeah, I just like left my daughter in her dorm room at college. So, um, yeah, get back to me when, when she's hit that. Um, and it is, it's really weird. I mean, I'm, I'm super excited for her because she's going to love college. Um, she's, um, she's just going to love like the, the combination of like the academia and the, freedom that you have in terms of like flexible time stuff like that um and the opportunities um so i'm really excited for her but at the same time i really miss her and it's you know it is very strange it's it's also liberating when you're a parent and the kids finally leave the house um you know it's like now i don't have to base my decisions around her so that's that's you know good but at the same time it's i'm used to basing my decisions around her and her mom even more so um i mean just like a week before we sent her off to college um her mom posted on facebook and said how do you shop for one person how do you do grocery shopping because i haven't done it in 18 years and i i'm in fact i'm not sure she's ever done it and you know it's 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 very it's really really weird for her um and it's really weird for me and we've sort of messaged each other back and forth because you know we're not together we haven't been together for years now but we still get along um in fact she just messaged me last night to say yeah i checked in with morgan and she's doing well um so it is it's it's both exciting and liberating but also really sad and and kind of painful to let your kid go off into the world um and and go off and have their own adventures that don't really have anything to do with you and to not have them around as much i can't i can't even imagine because i did not go away to school um it was it's really it's really weird that um for me when it comes to 
uh, anxiety, for example, and depression and stuff. If I, if I do something, I have to be like all in, like there's, Mm -hmm. you know, I sort of just like why the only reason I think I got through NaNoWriMo last year was sort of like that all in feeling. Um, I really wanted to join the army and, and it was one of those situations where in my family that was just never going to happen. So, um, because all the men in my family had, had done their time. And so I, you know, but it was one of those things where it just wasn't going to happen for me. Mm-hmm. And so the thought of like, I was willing to put myself like remotely in some other country away from any loved one ever. Right. I was willing to do that. Um, but I was too terrified to go away to college. <laughs> yeah. So I went like, I went like 15 minutes up the road. Like that is my, my advisor and mentor in college talked about, um, besides his, like getting married and his kids being born. One of the most sort of profound and self illuminating moments was when he started boot camp in the army. And it was just so incredible. Like the whole point of it is to dehumanize you. Um, not necessarily, I mean, I say that and it sounds like a bad thing and as someone who's a pacifist and not pro-military, I think, especially coming out of my mouth, it sounds like a bad thing, but it's not because a lot of times when you're in a combat situation, you can't be a human. You have to be something that you have to have a totally different mindset. Um, it's the same thing as for doctors though. I mean, it's a separation of exactly when you're in those kinds of crisis situations, um, and especially when you have to work in a team, you can't be a, a human individual. You have to be something else. Um, and he said, you know, it was just a really, really profound moment to to find, be in a situation where they didn't care. You know, you're, the people above you didn't care what your background was, didn't care who you were as an individual at all. And in fact, were actively dehumanizing you. And so, yeah, it's a really, it's a really, I think that that's a, I did go away to college. And um, in fact, I was like the only kid from my high school that went to this college. So it was very liberating for me in a way. Um, I could sort of be reborn. Um, I could regenerate. (laughs) Um, But it's, well, there's, there's got to be a lot like of what I imagine, like if you go into the military. Yeah. I mean, it's the whole self-discovery. I mean, that's what your college years are for. Right. And mine was a really different experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did. I, I mean, I did learn that I, how much I love broadcasting, which is why I, you know, do what I do today. Right. But, um, yeah, my early, my well, I guess my twenties. My twenties in general were just a bad time, and it's weird. I I, I like I mentally feel like I'm still in my twenties, but my body feels like I'm about eighty. Right. Yes. I. <laughs> yeah. Um. I was actually. It's funny because just like not that long ago, um, I recently got on Snapchat, which for someone my age seems kind of funny, um, because it's like what the kids are doing, um. But I've been following one of the people I follow on Snapchat is um. Uh, James Gunn, and who's hilarious on Snapchat, by the way. Um, I have considered it, but I think it, my phone would like fill up. Like my phone already is like has almost nothing left. That, it's no true space that, left. Like yeah, my phone is a bit iffy with memory. Um, 
So, and I was just thinking recently, like, how James Gunn, he's way too young to have directed as many movies as he has and, like, to have directed a blockbuster like Guardians of the Galaxy and getting ready for the sequel. And then I realized, wait, he's the same age as me and we're not young. Because I still feel young. But, yeah, same, like, my 20s were really a time of, like, I think I've done more worthwhile self-discovery in my 30s and then in the first half of my 40s than I did in my 20s. Um, And, you know, they say that college is, like you said, college is a time of self-discovery. I almost feel like I lost a lot of myself in college and I'm only kind of rediscovering it now. Um, Which is, I don't know, it's kind of almost horrifying to look back and realize, like, I spent all that time. I mean, it wasn't a bad time. It was really good. And I made some incredibly good friends. And um, in my 20s, I did some cool things that I might not do now. Um, all the hookers and blow. All the hookers and blow. Um, and and <laughs> teaching English in Ecuador and Japan um, spontaneously. Um, but But yeah, I definitely feel like like my thirties were better than my twenties and my forties have been better than my thirties. Um, but at the same time, I don't really feel old except, you know, my body does. <laughs> my body won't do things that I get like, you know, staying up super late and then getting up really early. Um, and, uh, you know, waking up without feeling muscle pain. Um, so so now you're at the point though where you had to you had to let the little one go yes and so i like i don't know when your depression really surfaced or whatever but college my my years of college and it wasn't it wasn't connected to studies or anything right um but it just happened to be shit that happened at college during my college time um, my um, depression and anxiety got really bad during college at times. Yeah. Um, I mean, mine, ha- mine had started like before then, but I didn't know what it was. So, um, but yeah, college was like an epic disaster for my, me. I um, sometimes my, so- well, my social anxiety really started kicking up badly in high school. Um, but it got really bad at times at college. My, my last year in college was not good brain chemistry wise. Um, and I was taking a, a night creative writing course and the instructor was this really, really cool, um, guy, very laid back, um, Matt, like grad student in writing. And there was this very cool coffee shop. Now this was 93, 94. So coffee shops were only just starting to become a thing, um, outside of Seattle, and there was this cool coffee shop in town, and he wanted to have midterm one-on-one conferences with the students to talk about, you know, where you're going with the class. And I was so terrified of walking into places that I'd never been before, and especially a cool coffee shop where I felt like I was such a terminally uncool nerd that I would, I was, like, terrified I would walk in and everybody would look at me and just glare at me like you don't belong here and i could not get myself to go in and i ended up having to like get in touch with him and say can we meet like somewhere else that i'm more comfortable meeting um 
And I was embarrassed to talk about why. And I had friends who were on antidepressants and I didn't connect that that could be me as well, even though like my last year in college was the first time I actually ever had any suicidal ideation um, and had trouble leaving my room sometimes. Um, and yeah, it got, it got pretty bad um, at times in college. Um, and even then, like you and I were talking pre-show a little bit about how um, you can have depression and anxiety and other stuff, but you, you can still be happy and be having a good time. Um, and I would, you know, I would be with my friends and I would laugh and I'd make jokes. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of people wouldn't have even thought that I was going through depression and you know, like pretty intense depression and anxiety. Uh, right. And that's, and that's the only reason why it does become a big deal when, you know, when a celebrity comes out, you know, like, Robin Williams. I mean, it's right there. I don't, I don't like celebrity worship in that kind of way, like the Kardashian kind of way. But when, when people have to like really expose themselves and they, you know, they don't, they don't need to be sharing their, their private lives with right. us by any means. But when they do like, um, I think Glenn Close is is somebody who speaks out because she has a sister who struggles severely. So it's it, it just gives you that sort of connection, like the I'm not alone connection, and also the it gets people talking, and suddenly like resources start opening up, more resources. And I mean, I've never called any of the hotlines or anything, but you know, but I I, I do visit a lot of the websites, right? Um, because that's what's comfortable for me. Yeah, you know. And like you said, like everybody has different, I think it's the combination of, you know, the, the brain chemistry of how um, depression and anxiety affect, you know, your brain, but then everybody has their individual baggage that it, it that the brain chemistry interacts with. Um, so it all, it all works differently for every person. Um, but I was actually thinking the other day about, how tired I am of talking about fighting my depression and fighting my anxiety as if like the way that some people talk about how they're fighting cancer when it, it's more like I'm managing it the way people manage their diabetes. Cause it's not something that, I mean, this exactly. is, this is a lifelong thing. This isn't. Um, yes. No, that's, that's why I wanted, I wanted to talk to you because, um, because it is an everyday thing, no matter how great your day might be that right. moment. And and it doesn't mean that, like, in the same way that, like, people with diabetes, it doesn't mean that, like, every second of your day is preoccupied with it or that it's, like, affecting you negatively. It's just it's there all the time. Um, yeah. And there are a lot of, like, today I'm in a really good mood. I'm happy. Um, I'm probably going to get out of the house after this and go do stuff. And, you know... I'm not feeling sad or anxious or anything, you know, d down. And yet at five, at five o'clock, it might strike you right. and suddenly be like, fuck, I feel like crap. Right. Um, I might be out. I mean, I, I need to do grocery shopping. Supermarkets are a pretty good trigger for anxiety because. Oh, God, I hate them. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, 
such a weird environment in general, like all these strangers moving around and all these like you have to make decisions, you know, especially like when you're concerned about money. And so you're not just navigating these cramped spaces um, with bright fluorescent lights and complete strangers, some of whom will actually try to talk to you and like, here, you want to try the sample? And you're like, God, don't talk to me. Um, oh, yeah, no, ma- making a decision becomes impossible. But then, yeah, um, but then you're also trying to like, okay, which which is the better deal in terms of like frozen meals that I'm bringing to work? I mean, there's all these kinds of like horribly like it's a – there's a reason why I think one of Patton Oswalt's funniest bits is talking about <laughs> feeling blissfully suicidal in the supermarket um, looking at frozen meals. Um, and – and so, yeah, I mean, it could suddenly trigger something, and it does. I mean, it's just part of your life, and I think, you know, you learn to live with it and manage it, um, but it's it's not – I don't think it's really something to fight. It's just part of who you are. Absolutely, and – you know, like, you know, we've mentioned a couple of celebrity names. One of the ones that um, I I think about, and I don't think she struggles daily. I think this was just a heartbreak situation, but I'm not sure. It was Demi Moore mm-hmm. when she and Ashton Kutcher broke up. And she was, I think, very suicidal or something. I don't know, but she just went off the deep end. And I think, I don't know if she had a lot of drugs or something in her system. But right. um but here's this woman who is successful and stunning and has beautiful children and, it, you know, people love her and respect her and everything. And when she said, I feel like I am unlovable, right. I, 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 it, it like, it was like I was being stabbed through the heart at that moment. Mm-hmm. I'm like, like, how can a woman like this feel unlovable when I feel so unlovable and and she, to me, is like, like you know, so, seemed like so nearly perfect in my eyes because obviously I don't know her. Right. And it's, uh, you know, uh, when you put out a tweet or something that's like, or an Instagram or whatever, like, I'm, I'm depressed today and you're holding your cat and, you know, like, or, oh, fuck, hello, anxiety, anxiety right. today. It's, you know, we get this different interaction than with you it's like this we get to be voyeurs and you know this this peek into your life and instead of being someone who only writes happy stuff right like i made that i made that conscious decision where i'm not going to be fake right you know like it takes me a lot of effort if i were to try and be that fake and only type happy happy stuff i am i i try very hard to include positive things and include being motivational as well, but I'm not going to hide right. my life. I, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, along with this, I also have to sort of talk about being ADHD and the fact, and an extrovert, a socially anxious and shy extrovert, but an extrovert, um, in that it's, I don't have the energy and the patience and the, the right mindset to be fake. Um, and I think out loud, and um, I express myself out loud. And so if I'm feeling depressed, I'm going to mention it publicly. Uh, and like you, like, I mean, in general, I'm a very optimistic person. 
And I've often said that the reason I've never actually attempted suicide is because um, I'm optimistic enough to think that it's going to be better tomorrow. Um, that and the sort of, I guess, the dark humor of, with my luck, the world would get a lot better the day after I commit suicide and I would have just missed it. Um, so I got to hang on there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I even at my most depressed, I think the world is a beautiful place and I most I interact more with good people than I do with bad, and um, and so I I try to express it as much as possible. I want to share that enthusiasm with other people, and I want to help. I mean, if other people aren't feeling that way, I want to help inspire it. Um, but I'm also not going to be fake. Um, I can't be, and. Um, and like you, and you know, and it is when I see other people doing it. When I see you, you know, tweeting about being depressed, um, I mean, one, it helps me get less focused on my own depression and think about you. And like, I wonder how Amber's doing. Um, but it also makes me feel more reassured that I'm not alone. Um, and especially when people who are in the public spotlight do it, um, it's it's very, you know, I was. I finally got around. It's so it's so bad. Like you'd think I would have read this book ages ago, and I actually did. Um, Jenny Lawson's first book. Um, I started reading it when it first came out, but because um, I'm ADHD and reading isn't one of the as much as I love reading, it's not one of my hyper focus things. So uh, it takes me a long time to get through a book because I'll read a chapter and then get distracted and need to look stuff up on the internet and watch a TV show and tells. <laughs> Um, and so I couldn't finish it in time before the next person who had, who was on the waiting list at the library wanted to read it. So I finally like got the audiobook and went, checked out and I was listening to it in my car and it was very much like I was riding in the car with Jenny Lawson, which you could really That's... do a lot worse. In terms oh of... yeah. I, I got, I had the audio version as well and it is just unbelievable. Um, she's just, and, and just her, like you know her talking about her depression and anxiety and the ways that it would manifest made me feel so connected and not alone in the universe um and same with like you know and i know that like will wheaton is inspired by jenny lawson but now i and i know he's talked about other people too equate the two of them as like two big spokespeople right for, you know, anxiety and depression and living with it. And, um, and they do like, they both, that helps me feel not so alone. And, and so I partially share it to connect with people. Um, cause that's why I'm online is to connect with people. Absolutely. And I, and, you know, and what I like about, well, first of all, is the two of them have great senses of humor. They're hilarious. Right. I love the way that Jenny talks about her husband, Victor. And it's like, I mean, it's just so funny. Just, you know, she'll be like, and then I wanted to stab him. Right. You know, and it's, but it's this comedic delivery that she's great yes. at. And at the same time, when you listen to the audio book, I just like, I came off thinking, you know, Victor is like one of the greatest guys ever, not just in his support he's, of her, but like when she talks about their back and forth, he's really funny too. Exactly. Um, and he's really smart and clever and, um, but yeah, they're, you just, it's hard not to adore them. So there's, so there's like this, this place in my, my needs 
is, you know, I see people like this and they talk openly and they talk about their bad times and their good times, but they have a sense of humor about it. I always try to have a sense of humor too. Um, it's really, really dark, but it's there. So not everybody gets it. Um, and then there's people like, you know, our, our friend, Natalie, uber dork girly, who's been on the show and how she, um, she always tries to make sure that she's putting out all this positivity. Same thing with Holly Golightly. Mm-hmm. Like Holly's just like the happiest person on the planet. Like I think she actually is a pixie or something. Right. Um, and I, it's like, I need that too, because I just need, uh, it, it gives me something to reach for. But at the same time that I have the, I have the realism of, of other people that are more like me. Um, and it's just weird how, when you get, Anyway, for me, anyway, when I get caught up in something that's so negative and draining mm-hmm. and, I, and, you know, and I mean negative in that bad sense, because negative can mean good things, too. Right. But um, but in that, like, whether it's the trolls on the Internet and just bad news and just horrific things that are going on in the world, I I get too sucked in. I get, yeah. you know, like I get other people just let stuff roll like the other the other day. I was making cocktails in my kitchen, which, you know, I love to do. And I, and it's something like I put my effort into it. Like I'm cutting up lemons. I'm squeezing the lemons. My phone goes off and I read it. And it's a comment on my website from some asshole troll saying you're fat and ugly. And you should, you know, I don't think he said you should die, but it was like, you should get over yourself or something like that. And I'm like, and I'm trying to do something like in this loving environment that I have, like I was in this, this happy, happy space, you know, and, and it was like my energy just like it shattered. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm not going to cry right now. I'm not going to cry right now. I'm just going to squeeze this fucking lemon. Like it's this guy's head. (laughs) (laughs) I will make cocktails from your man tears. That's, and that's what I mean, like literally the energy that soothed out of my hands right now, it was just like, it was just like, I'm surprised the lemons like didn't do the reverse of in pushing daisies when he brings things to life. Like, I'm surprised I didn't, they didn't just like rot in my hand. Right. Um, and I, I, and I was just like, and they were damn good cocktails in it. And then it was, it took every effort to not just like shoot it back like a shooter. I mean, it was a big ass martini and I, you know, actually it was a sidecar, but, um, you know, I'm like, I am just going to savor these like 10 ounces of booze and just try to get back to my happy place right. <laughs> and like, what an effort. <laughs> yeah. It it really is, and that's the. I mean, it like you said, like it can you can get triggered at any time, um, and there can be a lot of energy that you expend trying to get away from that um, and trying to manage it, um, and yeah, it can just be exhausting at times. And then other times, it you know, life feels effortless. It's it's that's just part of the weird roller coaster of. Um, dealing with mental health. And I think that, that also it's important for us to be open about this stuff um, as, as a very um, right-brained ADHD extrovert. All my life, I've dealt with people who don't get my sense of humor. Um, 
because my jokes tend to be like they make sense to me in my head, but I'm very nonlinear and all over the place and and um you know, surrealism makes sense to me. Um and and uh I've got a friend who is I think like Asperger's, he's definitely like upwards on the Asperger's autism spectrum. Um, and he mentioned it to me recently. And since he's mentioned that to me, if I tweet something and his reply, it, it doesn't get my joke the way I intended for people to get it. What would normally like really frustrate me and make me angry and like depressed. I just think, oh, okay, well he, he's cognitively different than I am. And thinking about it, his response makes perfect sense for him, just like my joke makes perfect sense for me. I'm cognitively different, too. And so the more we talk about this stuff, I feel like, you know, we get it out in the open, you know, just like with sexuality and gender, that the more we talk about this stuff, you know, the more accepting we can and understanding we can be about it. Um, it's, it's much more difficult to be understanding if we don't know what's going on with someone. Um, and I, I think that's a, uh, it's a rare thing, but really important when they start that in like the education system, that it's not that there's, like not everybody can be in the same kind of classroom. Right. You know, and as much as people want to like mainstream everybody into this big homogenous glob, like it's, I think it's important when people get the kind of education that works for them. Absolutely. And, yeah. You know, and to me, so it does kind of drive me crazy when I see like everybody just being dumped into the same oversized classrooms, you know? Oh yeah. 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 It's, um, uh, our education system is so antiquated and so not equipped to deal with people as individuals and the way that they can individually contribute positively to society. It's, um, I mean, it's super depressing. It is. It is. Um, and where, you know, and we did, we brought this down. I knew that we were going to bring this down because that's, you know, but that was the plan. It really was because this is, this is how we share our lives. Yes. You know, like I said, um, every once in a while, if you follow, what's your Instagram? I forget. Um, I think it's just the same as my Twitter. It's Joshua Amnaf. Okay. So, yeah. So if you, if you follow either of us on Instagram, my Instagram is Amber Unmasked because every platform I'm, I have a different name. Um, it's when you see the pictures or whatever, it's going to be silly stuff and it's going to be, you know, important stuff or once in a while it'll be like, I, you know, I'm feeling depressed today mm -hmm. and here's a picture of, here's a picture of what that actually looks like. I don't care what the pharmaceutical commercials right. say. Yeah. I, I, and that was, there was like a couple weeks ago, I posted a picture, but I was having a really bad anxiety day, but I was also, I was at work and I was joking with people and I was interacting with um, paid, library patrons who are generally really great to interact with. Um, and so I, I purposefully took a picture of myself and posted online of me smiling. And the, and the tag for the photograph was, this is what anxiety looks like. Um, right. I remember that. And that was one of the reasons that I started, I started doing the same thing. Like we had the same, it was a weird, <laughs> weird situation where we had the same idea at the same time. And that seems I started, to happen a lot with us. It does. So I had taken a few pictures of when I'm 
when I, you know, like when the depression is really getting to me and I'm like, okay, and, and I'm, I might not post these, but I might, I might collect them for like a photo essay project or something, you know, whatever. Right. And then I started having, you know, and I had a really good day and I'm like, do I take a picture of myself today and put it in the same bucket? You know, right. like, and, and it's like, uh, like I want to, and I'm like, are people going to get it? Like, is anybody besides Josh going to understand this? Like, <laughs> like I'm having a, you know, I'm having a good day and I'm happy and I, you know, had a really great date and, you know, so I take a picture of me smiling and saying, this is depression. Right. <laughs> you know? Like, I don't and, know. And it's, you know, I keep comparing it to diabetes for some reason, but I think that that's the most obvious one of like, it's another condition that people live with that's invisible unless uh, in like, except for the times when you see someone injecting insulin. Um, but it's, it's something that they have to live with and that, you know, they have to, you know, or other people who are, um, you know, actually allergic to gluten and have to think about like, what's in this thing that I'm eating, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, it's not visible. It's not something you can see the way you can see somebody who has, I don't know, off the top of my head, I'm going to say leprosy, um, which is probably a horrible thing. But, you know, if someone has leprosy, you might see it. But someone who has diabetes, you don't. Or somebody who has Crohn's disease, you don't. Or somebody who has depression or anxiety, somebody who's bipolar, somebody who's on antipsychotics, you don't see that. Right. Yeah. There is no depression wheelchair. Like, right. Like, yes. You know, like sometimes I feel like there's like there should be like we should have an armband or something that's like, you know, please be nice to me, like written on an armband or something. Right. Um, but this it, it's it sort of comes around to like I, I did want to end the show the show with like you know, talking about being a little bit sillier and stuff, but at the same time relates. We talked about fat shaming and, um, and internet trolls and stuff like that. And it's tis pumpkin season. So I go hog wild for everything pumpkin. And there are still people like passing around these memes, particularly, I don't know what race has to do with this. If somebody could explain this to me kindly, I'd like to know. But why is it okay to, like, make fun of white women because of pumpkin spice? Like, is there something racial there that I don't know about? Like, were they a plantation vegetable or something? Like, I don't get it. That's and weird. I'm, I'm just, like, so sick of the, you know shaming over pumpkin spice shit because it I, I figured out it took me a few days to figure out what it reminded me of and it reminds me of the the meme with the fake geek girl where she's holding up her hand and it says nerd on her palm right and it's it basically boils down to making fun of people for liking something yeah i, I actually um a former friend of mine um used to regularly grouse about hipsters and like different kinds of tea that like the only tea is black tea and like these hipsters with their tea infusions or whatever. And, um, you know, it, it, I I sort of came to the conclusion that these days hipster means someone who likes things that I don't like. And that's pretty much it that like people rant about like, well, hipster white people who like pumpkin spice, but it really just means like, it's not particularly, it's not, there's not anything hipster about it. It's, just that they like something that you don't like, and for some reason you're letting it occupy 
real estate in your head and you feel the need to like vent about it. And, you know, there's, there's stuff that I don't like. Um, ranch dressing makes me seriously want to hurl. Um, but I don't <laughs> post about that online because it just, I mean, who cares if I don't like it? And, yeah. and you know, what are we, it just means more ranch dressing for the rest of you people who like it. Um, exactly. I'm like, more for me. Like, right. you know, fuck you. You don't like the pumpkin spice. More for me. Like, I will take the latte, the muffin, the pie. Oh, good for like, yes. I was at Dunkin' Donuts the other morning, and I was getting two donuts, and I said, like, I wanted this. I'm like, no, stop. You have pumpkin donuts. Give me one. Um and and yeah, I don't I don't understand why so, people. Yeah, and it's you know, and it's okay to comment on something that that you don't like. Absolutely, I mean, you know, because I'm like uh, partially a book blogger too, so I comment about things I don't like or things that I right. find wrong. But um, it's, you know, whether it's a comic or a novel or something like that, it's. But I look at those as like a social criticism. Like, there's literally nothing socially irresponsible about pumpkin spice. <laughs> so, right. As far as I know, I mean, maybe there is. Maybe it's destroying the environment. Please fill me in. But, um, but and I, you know I that start... like you and I are like, you know, we're we're perfectly happy to address issues of like white privilege, totally, um, or you know, male privilege. But I don't see how pumpkin spice is a privilege thing. You know, like, let me know, like, it's like the right. nutmeg harvest somehow, at, like, destroying an economy, like, like, like tell me, right. you know, tell me, educate me. So I was thinking about, you know, sports fans, like how I will occasionally, I'm not making fun of, like, people who like sports, unless it's, it does have a social impact. Like, I do not understand when your team has won that you go and destroy a city. Like, right. absolutely, you get a big old fuck you from me. Well, because, because that is an issue of white it. privilege, because when that happens, the news doesn't yeah. cover it the same way it covers um, things like, um, like, like like a protest. Right. Yeah. Or no, particularly that's... like um, black people protesting, um, you know, right. violence I mean, on their community. Exactly. Like the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, you know, like there is violence there, systemic violence. And, you know, to me, there's a cause there that's worthy. Whereas when the fucking Eagles win something, I like, I don't give a shit. Like it, it gives you no right to go and like destroy your city. Right. Um, And the protests aren't the people doing the destruction necessarily. That's going to be some you know, faction of some right. radical person. Or to be not to sound like all conspiracy, but coming from a family of protesters, I know this to be true that a lot of times it's government agi- you know, government plans. It is. Yeah, they've actually yeah, there were people that actually have been like, I saw the cop who started this or right. who broke this window. You know, and that's true. That's that will happen. And I'm not about to get all like, you know, anti cop on the air right. necessarily. But um, I have friends who are cops who would never do something like that. So, exactly. Yeah, you know, I mean, not yeah. to get like not all cops, but yeah, no, I mean that's the thing. Like we do too. But I mean, but but when people are literally reporting to you from the moment saying, "I just saw this person do this," right. um, I, so there was like some pumpkin festival though, where like yeah, it was. It was like this weird ass town of white people, and somehow this pumpkin festival turned violent. Like I don't get it. 
Like you're upturning cars and throwing pumpkins around your city because you're happy. Yeah, that's. I, I'm confused. Right. You have now given pumpkins a bad name. Right. It's so like there. Did you ever watch Better Off Ted? I I haven't. It's in my Netflix queue. Oh, dude, I know, watch it. I know. I'd it be... is one of the best. It is one of the best shows I have ever seen, and it's about this big, you know, corporate conglomerate. And like one of the first things that comes out is corporate wants us to weaponize pumpkin. And it's just so fucking hilarious yeah. because it is something we would do. Yeah. And that, yeah, that's a, that's a legitimate, you know, and again, you know, Hey, white people stop destroying your communities and then freaking out when people with a legitimate, like problem with oppression are speaking out then suddenly that's like barbaric knock it off knock that shit off yes yeah so i don't give a shit if you don't like pumpkin spice lattes but stop making fun of people who do right yeah so do you have any big like pumpkin plans like carvings or haunted houses or movies or things that you do for pumpkin season um a lot of it actually um it's mostly like you know, I, I posted on my blog, going back to the whole depression thing, summer is a bad, like, that's my seasonal depression. Um, and I haven't really been writing. I've been reading and I've been watching inspirational stuff, but I haven't been writing. And so October is a really big time for me to do writing um, and to get in touch with, I guess, the, the good ghosts of my past um, for inspiration. Um but there will probably be some jack-o'-lantern carving, um, and I will probably spend a lot of time worrying about a Halloween costume and then end up not dressing up, as I frequently do. Um, mostly because my ideas involve things I need to buy, and I don't have the money to buy them. Um, and also, probably a lot of it, too, is, is a weird body shamey thing, where because I'm short and not thin... Um, I feel like there's really like the only thing I can actually dress up as legitimately is a hobbit. Um, but that's not true because <laughs> there are, I mean, there are cosplayers who are, you know, all kinds of different sizes and they cosplay as whatever the fuck they want to. Um, I could do that or I could do like, I think sometimes I could do like Wolverine really let himself go. Um, but um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of, um, I just like, walking outside and breathing in the fall air, um, drinking as much or eating as much pumpkin spicy things as possible, um, writing and sharing that online. Those are generally my big October plans um, and stressing about NaNoWriMo and whether or not I'm going to do it. And if I start it, well, whether or not I'll finish it. What do you, yeah. what do, you do? What do I do? Yeah. Well, it's funny because it, it was my favorite time of year. And then, um, then I felt like it was kind of ruined for me. So I had to slowly like incorporate my love of Halloween back into my life. Mm -hmm. since I had to reconnect with it since it had been my thing. Then it was an our thing. Right. And then I felt like it was ruined. So I had to go back to finding me in, you know, in a yeah. lot of things. And one of those is pumpkin carving. Um, I put a lot of effort into my pumpkin carving. So um, if you go on to amberunmask.com, there. Uh, if it doesn't come up in the cloud because it's not in the uh, tag cloud, it just type pumpkin in the search bar and you'll see all the, you know, a lot of the carvings I've done. Um, and I give a lot of the, most of them away. Like I don't keep them because I, I'll, I've done 
only a couple I've done on like live real pumpkins. I usually do the foam ones because then people can keep them mm-hmm. forever, you know, and it's great. You just stick a battery operated candle in them and it's cool. Right. So um, since I'm not an artist, what I do is I, I have to look at other people's art, usually comic book art. And then I have to modify it so that it can appropriately work in a carving. And um, so this year, you know, I've made plans that I'm going to do it again. And um, but I am going to go to the one of my favorite farms, though, and try to, you know, buy some real pumpkins just because I like the going to the farm. Right. Um, I, I used to live right next to a farm. So now I actually have to drive to one. It's only a couple miles, but still. So I, I, I get to drive to the farm and, um, you know, I just like all the mums are out. Like it's one of my favorite things is, is because I love mums. So the mums are out. The kittens come running, at, you know, when you park your car. Right. All the barn kittens come up, and like this particular farm, they have like a a carafe of hot cider. It's just, and they have like I don't know if it's like the world's biggest pig or the state's biggest pig, whatever it is, but they have some kind of like record-breaking pig. <laughs> um, so like this pig, John Henry, lives in this like you know he has his own little patch and like shed, and you can sometimes see part of him when he stands up. Um, so it's, you know, I guess it's like this Charlotte's Web kind of feeling when you go. Um, but it's this ridiculously idyllic country moment to go to to um, to the farm and pick out pumpkins. And then I don't I've done haunted houses before, but I hate being scared. So it's one of those things where I have reluctantly done haunted house. Mm-hmm. Things. I yeah, like you and I have talked house. about that, that we're not really big on being scared. No, I hate. I absolutely detest being scared, and I hate horror movies. And I know it's horror movie season, but um, I kind of watch spooky movies during the season. I, um, see, I watch I watch things like Hocus Pocus and Practical Magic. Yeah, and I'll watch like old Universal, you know, the old Universal yeah. Dracula and Frankenstein, or the hor- like the Hammer horror movies, which aren't scary. They're just kind of spooky. Sure. Sure. Or like Sleepy Hollow for right. as shitty as movie as it was. Yes. I would, you know, I would sit through that. Um, but I like the stuff. I like the, I like special effects. So this is my weird thing with horror related stuff is I, I love making um, special effects and learning all that stuff. And so uh, I would be more inclined to craft things that go in a haunted house than to walk through a haunted mm-hmm. house. The one that's there, if you, um, it, obviously I don't expect most people to have ever heard of Clinton, New Jersey before, because it's a tiny little town, but there's this historic grist mill and um, there's the line to get into when they, when they make it haunted for like, it's only like two or three weekends out of the mm-hmm. whole year. The line is like a Disney world ride. Wow. To get in because it's i don't know it's there's not much to do out here <laughs> so <laughs> so it's one of those things where the tourists do all they they all come out and they stand in the you know in the line to get tickets to do the haunted mill and i did it once and just you know for the fun of it so i wasn't that scared on that one i was with a group of people um the zombies that come and jump on the hay wagon and, you know, and growl at you and stuff. Like they obviously are are never going to physically touch you. And it was just pretty, it was neat. Um, But I've been through ones that are like 
where, where they it's pitch black and you're only going by like a black light in a corner somewhere and then people things jump right. out and scare you or drop from the ceiling that shit i no. cannot do i had like the i came out of one i think it might have been in salem actually like like such a panic attack just like everything i could to just crumpling to the sidewalk when i got out no, of I, I just realized like while you were t- like while we're talking about this that my attitude towards october and halloween is the same as my attitude towards april fool's day and i know a lot of people who hate april fool's day because a lot of april fool's pranks are mean and the whole point is to like make someone else feel foolish or stupid and in the same way like i don't want to do that and i don't want to scare people for me it's all about imagination and um being open to just the weirdness and like in Halloween is sort of being open to like the weird, maybe sort of darkly humorous dreams and, you know, the weirdness in the world in the same way that April Fool's is about like just the, the absurd goofiness of the world um, and inviting people into that. Not, I guess it's, it, it's sort of along the lines of punching up and not punching down, like inviting people and not pushing them away. And if if you do any research, you'll see that this evil shit goes on like it, the roots of Christmas. Right. Like a lot of Christmas traditions are actually really fucking right. mean. So, you know, it's yeah. So the holidays can be yes. iffy. Like you need to know. You need to. Uh, I'm fine with the a la carte thing. You know, like the I like this tradition, but yeah. not that one. And I like this one, and not that one. I mean, I I hope nobody labels me ever as appropriating stuff, but that's the way that I do my, my own personal traditions and rituals. Um, because some stuff I'm just not going to, I don't want in my life. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, Josh, can you believe we've been talking for an hour? Wow. No. Yes, we have, we have. And it's always been it, it, so much fun. It's always, I mean, we can talk about like, depressing dark things and it's it always feels good though when we're done because i feel like we've gotten it out i i completely agree okay well since i've consumed a lot of your time i appreciate you well thank you and i i really appreciate you having me on because it's it's always a good time and um you know this is this is a fun show Thank you. So let people know where they can follow you and stuff because you, um, you know, you have an interesting <laughs> life and I, and I, and I like Thank your you. life. Um, yeah, I'm on Twitter a lot, um, at joshuamnef.com or joshuamnef on Twitter. Um, and on Instagram, which usually gets fed to Twitter anyway, but that's also at joshuamnef. Um, those are probably the two that I do the most. Um, in my day, Twitter takes up a lot of my my brain space. Um, it's a it's a real Twitter is great for people with ADHD because um, you can. I love Twitter. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love I I also love Twitter because you can sort of like choose to be involved in a conversation or not. Right. You know, unless somebody starts at mentioning you, and I'm like, why did you just suck me into this? Well, Go and away. I have this horrible thing. Um, I'm really trying to get over this now that it's okay to not reply to people. Um, Like I always, in my head, it's rude to not reply to like every tweet that people tweet at me. But sometimes 
you know, random people will just like tweet at you and you can, it's okay to ignore them. Um, in the same way that I'm, I'm, because my family talks a lot and we tend like, it's always been sort of fighting for dominance at the table um, during any conversation. I'm really trying to, to get into um, letting other people finish that if someone makes a joke and I can't think of anything funnier than the joke they did, let it go. Let them get the last word. Yeah. Or if they say something really Absolutely. profound that I'm like, oh, there's no way I can top that. Let it go. Let them get the last word. Um, and that's a great thing. Um, and I don't want to be like, especially for men, but it's one of the things where there's definitely a sense of somebody talking over somebody mm -hmm. else that I, you know, I'm just trying to learn better about communicating and it'd be like, I don't, I, I can't add to this conversation. Right. You know? Yeah. And that's, you know, that's a cool thing. Well, do you have any, um, like public things going on? I know that you, you mentioned NaNoWriMo, so maybe I'll see you there. Right. Maybe not because um, I definitely, no pressure. My, my, my blog is, um, www.goblin cartoons.com. Um, and I haven't, I think I've posted like once or twice this summer. Um, but, um, once the temperature goes down into more autumnal <laughs> levels and, um, there's not quite so much daylight, um, in the day, um, I'm going to be writing more and posting, trying to get back into posting three days a week, um, like I was doing earlier in the year. Um, whether it's poetry or, or, um, flash fiction or, um, just talking about, um, you know, stuff that, I try to, um, talk about stuff that inspires me as well. So, and give credit where credit is due. So yes, you can follow that blog too. There's not really much right, you know, that's been new and fresh lately, but I think it's still good. I like the stuff I write. That's <laughs> you should have you should you should have pride in, in right. your work. Um, you know it's great. I mean, because we're pretty self deprecating most yes. of the time, so it's good when you can say, "But I did this thing," you know. Yes. So yeah, so I'm just gonna remind everybody to go look up um, my latest project, which is the Protector's uh, second volume. You can find out all the information at protectorsbooks.org. And you can see the incredibly ridiculous, amazingly talented group of people that I get to work beside. And I just can't believe that it's a real thing. But like um, Harlan Ellison is in this book and um, Joelle Charbonneau, Dennis Calero. Um, like the list of names is absurdly ridiculous. Joyce Carol Oates. I'm going to be in a fucking book with these people. And it's for charity, so <laughs> go check it out. Um, uh, Josh Stallings, you know, uh, who I've become good friends with, and uh, Holly West, who's a delight, especially if you follow Holly West on, on Twitter. She's she's great. And then, like, and a bunch of my friends. Like, so this is what's cool is I get to be involved in a book with a bunch of my friends, too. Um, and Superhero Weekend. Don't forget about that. That's October 3rd and 4th. And um, just go to Facebook type in Comic Fusion, and um, you can get more information there or on my site. And go to patreon.com and help me put gas in my car. 
Yeah, wow. I'm, I'm looking at the, the um, table of contents right now for um, the book, and holy crap. Yeah, I Joe know, Joe R. Lansdale right? and, yeah, Harlan Ellison and Charles DeLint. Um, yeah, Andrew Vax. Yeah. I know. I know. And like Neliza Drew, who is a dear friend of mine, she is so freaking talented that I, I don't understand why she doesn't have agents fighting for her right now. Uh, it's, you know, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm such an imposter. Oh, yeah. I, I, I did not pay Tom to put me in this book. I swear I didn't. He's just a really great guy. Yes, he um, is. So, yeah. So that's what I'm up to. So, yeah, go to patreon.com slash amberunmasked and you can sponsor the show on the website and keep my life from falling completely into the toilet. Thanks. Um, Josh, thanks once again. I will let you go now. All right. Thank you for having me on again. All right. Cheers, everybody. Cheers.